Hello everybody, welcome to episode 29 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. Surprisingly, today we only have four games to preview. Isn't that kind of crazy, Pops? It's different. We've gotten used to having three in the WNBA and three in the NBA, if not four. Yeah. So we're definitely... We're definitely dwindling a little bit. I know in the NBA, <laughs> right? Teams are gone fishing, so... Gone fishing. It's that time of the year. It sure is. Speaking of gone fishing, um, the games... Is the Mavericks uh, lost. The Clippers beat them 4-2 to two in the series. What were your thoughts on that series? I think it got kind of chippy between Marcus Morris and Luka Doncic. <laughs> it sure did. Uh, I, I think both teams walk out of there with their heads held up high. The Clippers obviously have championship aspirations right now. Yes. They advance. The Mavericks, they showed a lot of grit, toughness, and fortitude. And they showed that they're they're right around the corner. You know, Luka obviously has been a home run. And the Mavericks... They're going to be here for a while. Um, and, and so I think they head into the offseason more than happy with how they played this year. Yeah. Speaking of Luca, didn't the Phoenix Suns have a chance to get him besides Aton? They did. Classic big man versus, you know, cerebral guard. But, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically Aiton came on a little uh, towards the end of the year. And so, I mean... I think that they can definitely grow. Yeah, well, I mean, they're still both players are still so so young. So, uh-huh. but there's no doubt that Luca has been an absolute home run, and he, you know, everyone's calling him a cross between Bird and Magic, and that's when you're doing some really really yeah, good right? things. So, hopefully, most people just learn to respect him as the next as the the next Luca. And the current Luca. Yeah, so, we read that um, article where they all kinds of people are comparing him to different players, but um, what he really is is becoming his own name. Right, that's correct. <clears throat> what I love most about him is the fact that he's just a winner. He, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's he's played against much older competition his whole life, and he's won at every level, and he makes his team. And the only way you can do that is if you can make the teammates around you better and he definitely does that. And part of the reason why is because he's not afraid to play hurt. You know, in today's age where you're on minutes restriction, so on and so forth, and DNPs, he's out there <laughs> grinding every game. And so that's why in the practice scrimmaging, when he speaks, players listen. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It's what are your actions show. And Luca's right at the top of the food chain. He's a winner. And, man... Dallas has a bright future. They definitely do. And then what about this Celtics-Rappers matchup? That's going to be, in my opinion, that's going seven games. That's going to be a great series. Man, Brad Stevens, I'm telling you. Celtics won the first game of that matchup, 112-94. to So they're starting off 1-0. And then the Nuggets and Jazz go into a game seven. Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell have going have been going at it. So in this last game, Jamal Murray went for fifty again, but nobody's speaking because the Utah did lose. But Donovan Mitchell went for forty four. I mean, I mean those two. <laughs> Jamal Murray's shot, his efficiency. I mean, 
I think he was 9 of 12 from a three-point line, and that's the two out of three games where he's had nine three-pointers. He's yeah. shooting better than 50% from the field, so that's extraordinary. And credit to him. I mean, I feel like he's a guy that kind of like in uh, like D. Booker, uh, Luca doing what he did in the in the postseason, uh, T.J. Warren. Um, there's just some people that have just been stand standout players. And in the case of Jamal Murray, he's always had the talent. It's just... He's always been known as a little bit of a stat chaser, doing things at the end of games, kind of rubbing people the wrong way. Uh, but his interview last night, just the way, yeah, to the emotions. I I feel like, I feel like most people would agree. I mean, I think he's coming of age, a little bit of maturity. And man, if if that ever matches his talent uh, with how he was brought up in Canada with his father, and, that and was I an mean, amazing story. he's been he's been built for this moment, and so. You know, he, he's practiced these shots before and man, he's, he's been amazing. And, uh, you know, for me, I love game sevens. I, regardless of the sport, I just respect it as a, uh, advocate of sports in general. I cannot wait for that game seven. And I hope, I hope both teams play more defense. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's change it up since we're on the NBA topic. How about we review the NBA games right now? Sounds good. So game one. Of the Miami Heat versus the Milwaukee Bucks. You heard it here first from Tatiana that the Heat are going to win the series. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the Heat winning this series. Because, I mean, they're playing so much as a team right now. And the Bucks with Giannis and Chris Middleton, in my opinion, they're kind of like a two, three-person team. Really? I feel that way. Okay. Honestly, I think both these teams, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee obviously is expected to come out of the East. Miami's been one of the, right near the top as far as how things have been in the bubble. Um, I can tell you, I respect your call of the heat. I do. I can understand how it happens. Um, I I think Milwaukee, they typically, I mean, the heat played so well against the Bucks during the regular season. Uh, Bam Adebayo matches up so well with Giannis. Yeah, he does. Um, and I can say this: this game opened up the Bucks as a six-point favorite for Game One. It's down to five and a half. Total opened that up true? at two twenty-two and a half. It's up to two twenty-four. So from a line movement perspective, I think it's trending towards the Heat. Um, so I mean, if, if the Heat are going to win this series, I I do feel like they do need to steal Game One. And I shouldn't say the word steal because technically there's no home court advantage. <laughs> that could hurt Milwaukee, by the way, um, because I think if they if the Bucks win Game One, right, then essentially the Heat have to win four out of six games. I think that's going to be too tough. So I hear you. I, I think whoever wins Game One will win the series. Okay. Well, another reason why I say Miami is because they're one of like the what like th- two or three teams in the NBA that like actually plays defense for more than half the time. Eric Spolster is legit, right? So I'm always talking about Brad Stevens. I talked about Monty Williams in the bubble. Um, you know, Spolster is uh, a top, I can argue he's a top, uh, he's definitely a top five coach. Um, yes. And the thing with Miami, they're just so deep. And so I know what you're saying, right? You you were saying that Miami's deeper than Milwaukee. And I can, I can get with that. Uh, but I think that's kind of, Milwaukee's fairly deep too, but Miami, I could argue there's no team out there that's deeper, that's still playing uh, from top to bottom. There's like no drop off, like literally none. Um, Miami 
obviously hasn't they they swept the 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 Pacers. Um, the Packers. Sorry, the Packers. But I think the interesting for Miami, the player that's really really like if if he continues to show out is is Goran Dragic. If he keeps <laughs> doing what he does, right? Because I mean. You got Jimmy Butler, who I know people are mostly concerned about how banged up he is. Listen, Butler's a warrior. He's always banged up. Always. He's going to be just fine. They got Adebayo. Um, which, Adebayo, he plays defense, too, which he can... Yeah, Giannis is amazing. He's averaging, like, 16 rebounds a game. But, I mean, I feel like that's going to go down uh, quite a bit going against Adebayo. Right, right. And then you got, right, two shooters, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder. They just want to shoot. You have Tyler Hero who created get his own shot, um, but Dragic, if he's playing like this, I mean they're they're really really tough, and this will be a big series for Iguodala. This is where they're going to lean on yeah. him for his pedigree um, and everything. Championship mentality. You know, so I mean they run. You can argue they run eight and a half deep. We'll give Kelly Olynyk a half a spot, half a vote here, <laughs> uh, but eight and a half deep is pretty darn strong. Yeah, you know the series that I would love 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 to see. Is the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics? Man, that would be like awesome. I, in my opinion, that'd be like the series of the year. <laughs> yeah, and you know the East has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like um, the East is almost always pretty underrated compared to the West because the West just have so many great teams and like star players there, but the East are very um. What is the word you'd say, Pops? Like, thrilling to watch. Yeah. Um, thrilling would be a, a good a good word. Yeah. I can go with that one. Okay. Um, real quick, though, uh, just so we're not sleeping on Milwaukee. We obviously know where 35 shots are going to come from between Giannis and Middleton. We've got to give Brooke Lopez some credit, right? Because, I mean, he's going to be shooting. He's going to be shooting his threes. But Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, you know, last year at this time, he had a tough series in which Milwaukee did go out. Wesley Matthews, he's coming. He's back. He's he, been stepping it up. He's a it. shooter. Um, what about your boy, Patrick Connington? Or Connington. Yeah, I've been a little <laughs> disappointed with him. I'd like to see a little bit more of a role for uh, Dante DiVincenzo. I, I like oh, him. Yeah. He's got, to me, there's a little Tyler Hero in him. Yeah. Uh, just a matter of finding the minutes. Tyler Johnson. Your boy Tyler Johnson? Yeah, he's kind of like... Um, oh, yeah, I hear you. I was, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I can give that. And then you got the old reliable vets. The, you know, they got Marvin Williams. They got George Hill, um, Ilasova. So, you know, Milwaukee, I feel like they got a, a lot of veteran... This is a veteran players team against, like, G League team players. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, I do say one other thing. I think Milwaukee is going to feel all the pressure in the world. And I think Miami is playing with house money. Miami, oof, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That's why I think if whoever wins game one goes on to win the series. Because if Miami wins game one, Milwaukee's going to have a lot of pressure on them. And everyone knows if the Bucks don't make it to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, boy, they're going to have a hard time keeping Giannis. Yes, they are. Okay, well, we spoke a lot on that game. How about this Rockets-Thunder series matchup? The Rockets are winning this matchup 3-2 to two right now. So if they win this game, it turns into a Clippers-Mavericks 4-2 to two win for them. 
Yeah. I'm so, going with the Thunder this game. Okay. So this has been an interesting series, right? Because we we were I was I shouldn't say we. I was off <laughs> in the first two games when I said Rockets. <clears throat> I'm sorry, when I said Thunder. Come on, Pop, step it up. <laughs> but then I stuck with the Thunder pick. I feel like game three was the Dort show out and he yes. brought he he brought a new uh in, infusion to the Thunder. So then we correctly I correctly called Thunder in game three and four. And then in game five, both of us liked the Rockets. No, both of us like James Harden, me going for 45, you going for like something for 57. 57. 57. And he only got to what, 31? That but, was so disappointing. But he barely didn't score in the fourth quarter. He didn't he even play in the fourth yeah, quarter. So, <laughs> what, um, he played one minute? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. He didn't score. We trust us. We know. Um, <laughs> but... I felt like game five was a dead giveaway for, towards Houston, partly just due to everything that was going on with Chris Paul and all the, the responsibilities he has as the player's president. Um, but now we're in game six. And to <laughs> me, who uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I really I really can see this game going either way. And I, I hate to say this. Um, I know the Rockets are favored by five points. I, w- I would only take the Thunder. But I think... I don't know. I guess just now looking back at this series as a whole, for the Thunder to win, it's so hard. Like, they have to have so many things go right to just barely squeak by Houston. Houston has another gear that the Thunder don't have. And so for that reason, I'm just going to stay away. Uh, I feel like this is the game where Harden's going to go to the free throw line 22 times. Oh, yeah, those dreaded free throws. Okay, well... I'll agree with you. I feel like it's going to be a close game. I feel like the Thunder have to try super, super hard to win a game against them. And I feel like if... Who do you think's the main player in this series, in this, um, for the Thunder? Because I feel like, in my opinion, um, it's Dennis Schroeder. Because when they won those two games, he went off for, like, what, 25, 30 points? And so I feel like he could be a key player to them winning. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. The Thunder need his offensive production. I agree with you there. Um, You know, we didn't mention uh, Westbrook made a surprise showing in game (laughs) five and came back out there and played. Yeah, I don't think just about anybody knew he was coming back. I mean, I know that there was um, probabilities he was and a little bit of talk, but there was never, like, an official he's coming back. So... Which could also lead to why Harden didn't get as many points as we expected him to get to. <laughs> I think things will be really tough. Um, this is projected <clears throat> to be another high-scoring game, and I'll, I'll tell you for the thunder for the thunder, it's it's Gallinari. Uh huh. Gallinari didn't. He, <laughs> he hasn't really showed up. Explain this to me. And, and and this is I guess it's it's the Rockets <laughs> the Rockets defense. The Rockets don't play defense. Dort sixteen attempts from the field in the last game. He had like Gallinari five. <laughs> I think um Dort in the first quarter had like six three point attempts and he was zero for six. Yeah, I mean he plays or great eight. defense and you know he's not really uh, he's not really offensive. He's oh, not an no. offensive. Definitely not. He's threat. definitely not an offensive player. Um, not yet, anyway. Which is why, although that um, Pops and I like him, 
and he's like a great defensive player, I wouldn't be taking him from the DraftKings side. He's, so because he's more defensive rounded. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And then the other player um, is is Shea Gilgis Alexander. I was just he, gonna mention him. He was he had a really tough game. Um, so when when Gallinari and Shea struggle offensively, well then That's no wonder they enough. only put up eighty points. Yeah. You know so, um, but you know the game before that. Shea and Gallinari shot a combined 30 field goal attempts. So I know the Thunder are just probably just trying to just totally forget about the last game and just move forward <laughs> to this one. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see a game seven, but I don't. It's just going to be really tough for the Thunder. I, I like Houston to advance in the series. How about that? That's okay. my weak call for the day. One of your hot takes. Meh. Weak one. Okay. Okay. Then let's move on to the WNBA because that was a lot. Of, we spoke a lot on the NBA. Okay. Okay. So the first game today, well, half of the game today, <laughs> um, we have the Chicago Sky who are ten and six against the Indiana Fever who are five and ten. The last time they played, which was nine days ago on Saturday, the Sky won eighty-seven to seventy-six. I think that Pops and I both. Thought this would be a game where the Sky would win by a lot more than we expected them to, right? And then they only won by 11. Pops, what are your takes? I'm a little frustrated with the Sky because I'm still waiting for them to try to score against Seattle the other day. Um, That was... That was not a great... That was a bad loss for them. Um, And not just because they lost, because of how much they lost by. It was... Yeah, they were never in the game. And even though they only lost by 14, they were down bigger than that. So that that loss actually looks worse than the box score shows. Um, You know, and and now keep in mind, the the game before that, they they lost to the Liberty. So... They've been struggling. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden there's a little crink in, in the Sky's armor. So... Well, um, then again, Azura Stevens, I mean, I guess she's like a key player to them right now because ever since she's been out for like, what, two or three games and they lost their last two games? Yeah. Her yeah. and Diamond to Shields are out still, so. Yeah. So for this game, um, you know, I never really know what to expect with the Fever. They're a tough team. I mean, lately Nobody games does. have been going under the post of total. I know you alluded to the fact that these teams just played a few games ago. Um, I noticed the total for this game is about two and a half points lower. Um, so I'm not surprised because everything's trending towards unders right now for the fever. And, and by the way, Chicago, uh, they opened up as an eight point favorite um, in the total of 167. Um, I tend to usually like to go when teams are playing like the set either on back to backs, two games in a row against each other or say a second game in a week. Um, I tend to look towards the team that lost the first game to outperform expectations the second time they meet. Um, honestly, I don't like anything about this game. <laughs> this should be the game where Chicago gets right again. You would think they'd come in um, focused, considering they've technically lost two straight. Uh, but maybe a little, you might be right with Miss Stevens. You know, maybe she's more to this team than you and I even recognize. And then from the fever standpoint, the only thing I can really count on is that Again, these games are a little bit lower scoring than normal. Um, and they are a proud franchise. Um, and they have surprised before this season. So they, they certainly could do it again. But, you know, we are getting to the point in the in the wobble where, the wobble, wobble. you know, teams could be starting, players could be looking to get out of that wobble. 
now that uh, you know we're on the back end of the of the season. So right, some some teams are um, might be going like losing their games to get some of the higher picks in the in the draft, draft and then some teams right now are trying to clinch a playoff spot. Right, because three teams already have Storm, Sparks, and I think, who is the other team? It might be the Lynx. I don't remember for sure. But three teams have already clinched. So, from the DraftKings side, the last time that these two teams played, I know that Kalia Copper went off. She had a team high of 36 minutes and then a team high of 26 points. She has been playing extremely well. She played extremely well in their last game as well. She's uh, 9,000 today in DraftKings, which, in my opinion, she deserves that. She needs to be that high. And in my opinion, that's still kind of a little bit low for her. So, in my opinion, she's one of those, like, must-have players in your DraftKings lineup. Another one from the Sky that's been playing pretty well, but it's kind of, like, underrated currently, is Allie Quigley. She's 8,500. She had 15 points the last game, and she's been playing pretty consistent. And I know she hasn't been shooting as well. She usually does shoot, but she's still getting those points in. So okay. from the fever side, it's so hard to even take anybody because they're so unpredictable. And if I had to take somebody, it would probably be Candice Dupree. She's 8,100. Candice. Right? She had a team of 18 points the last game. Um, I don't really have too much to say on her, honestly. Okay. So, there's not much in this game. Turn that page. Turn that page for sure. So, next up, we have the Los Angeles Sparks, who are 12-3, and against the Minnesota Lynx, who are 10-5. and I'm going to tell you why this is a tough game. Okay. Both of these two teams played yesterday. They're, this is like the first back-to-back games I've actually seen from a team. And the Sparks played the Dream, 84-79. They won, but the Lynx had a loss to the Mercury. So, in my opinion, the Sparks are... They're, both teams are going to be tired. But the Sparks are going to be less tired going against the Dream because they're not okay. as tough as a... Uh, not as tough as a team as the Mercury. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Okay. So, like, the Lynx are going to be more tired than the Sparks. Okay. But are, who's the younger team? They kind of both are like young and old. <laughs> okay. Um. I hear what you're saying though. Great point on the back to back. Personally, I think just collectively the links are younger. That makes than the sense. Sparks. Yeah. But that said, I know LA Open is a six and a half point favorite. Currently, the total. Uh, I'm sorry. That it's currently at minus six. Total opened up one fifty eight and a half. It's gone up a point to one fifty nine and a half. I'm excited for this game. Uh, the Sparks. The Sparks are, are are playing pretty good basketball right now. And, you know, there's something about this Lynx team that, for me, I, I'm really starting to really enjoy this team. Right. So, <laughs> Usually the Lynx are one of the more, they're more on the boring side of teams to watch, usually. But this year it's like the complete opposite. They're one of the um, most exciting teams to watch. So I remember... A while back, I guess this goes back all the way to August 19th, uh-huh. we were talking about the Sparks and how they were not only were winning the games, but they were covering the spreads. And we talked about how odds makers don't like it when the best teams are also covering a lot of spreads. And I t- explained about how the lines are inflated. So like 
when they should be favored by like six points, all of a sudden they're favored by eight and a half points, and eventually they start getting nipped. Then all of a sudden the Sparks, uh, you know, they've they've won four, still won four more games since the nineteenth, but they've also lost all four games against the point spread. Okay, and, and so I think that's interesting to note. The Lynx, you know, they they are the, a team that every single game this season. Whatever the the however they finish straight up is how they finish against the spread. It's one of the weirdest sometimes you see this for like five or six games, but for the entire season, that's crazy. So like <laughs> what I'm saying is if you like the sparks and you think they win today, then just take the sparks against the spread, because that's what's happened every single game with the Lynx. If you like the Lynx to win the game, then take them straight up. So <laughs> that blows my mind. I think this is the game where the Sparks are going to win, but they're not going to cover. I think this will be the first game this season. That's my hot take for today. The Lynx, they're going to put up a great fight. This going to be a really close game, but they're ultimately going to lose by either four or five points, but they'll cover the point spread. I like this Lynx team. Next year, I'm telling you right now, they're going to they're going to make it. They're going to they're going to take it all the way to the semis at least so this seems only going to get better and i remember back do it this year right i remember a few years ago i mean man the the sparks links games though that was like a a a playoff showdown so um they've always been rivalries right so i'm excited this is the to me gonna be a great game and um you know the links have shown that when they lose a game they come back and win the next game so great game right here I agree. And the last time they played, the Sparks won 97 to 81. That was earlier this month. So, for the Lynx, they they'll be remembering that they might have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder including that. So, Dangerfield, I mean, again, the last time that they played against the Sparks, Dangerfield had the team high of 37 minutes and the team high of 29 points, which was the highest on both teams. So I mean, she's been playing extremely well. Um, I she's eight thousand one hundred today. She's another must-have in my opinion. So definitely take her in your DraftKings lineup. Another one that I would consider is who is was it? Raquana Williams. She's five thousand one hundred today. In the last game, she had twenty-five minutes and she scored twenty-one points. When she hits one, when she hits one three, she hits the other, and so. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, I know Candace Parker struggled this in the last time they played each other, so I don't really like taking the bigs, um, which is Nifisa Collier, who's eleven thousand. Woo, that's high. Yeah, it is for a second-year player. Um, Demir Stantis, and then Candace Parker and Neca. So I personally am staying away from the bigs in this game. Okay. Another player that played well. Um, is Simone Augustus. She's 4,200. She had 20 minutes and 13 points. But keep in mind, she was going against her former team, who she was with them for, like, what? I, th- I think it was 20, 12. 24 years. <laughs> I was thinking 12, but she's not that old. <laughs> okay, fine. 27 years. <laughs> hey, by the way, I mean, you know, these teams met on August 9th. Yep. Um, in, in, um... Yeah, the Sparks, <laughs> the Sparks took it to them. They won 97-81. I'll say this much. The Sparks, they're not scoring 97 points today. 
Oh, yeah. They're I not. agree. I agree with you. For sure. Well, you know, that mostly wraps up what we're doing, but whoa, whoa, there's still whoa. one more thing. There's still one more thing. Okay. We still have the power rankings. It's Monday. All right, let's do it. Okay, I got them right here, Pops. Okay, so we have not seen these. These are the ESPN power rankings, not ours. Okay. Okay, number one, the Las Vegas Aces. No surprise. Nope. Number two, the Seattle Storm. No surprise. <laughs> I agree there. Number three, the L.A. Sparks. I agree with that as I, well. Unfortunately, this is getting kind of boring. <laughs> I agree. I know, right? We don't really like agreeing with everybody. Number four. Ooh. Whoa. Um, I don't know if I want to say this. This is a Phoenix Mercury. I agree. I, okay. Well, I mean, I... They got That's better, they addition did. by subtraction. Did, speaking of the Phoenix Mercury, Bria Hartley, she was a main key for them. Then she got hurt, so she was out for a little bit. Phoenix started winning more games, and then she came back. I'm pretty sure they, they did they lose? No. They won that game, but now she's out for the rest of the season. Okay. Do you think that helps or hurts them? Oh, that, that hurts them. I, um, that hurts them a lot. I think she was a key component to what they were doing. Um, and she brings some some energy that it was the that the Mercury needed. So I don't think. How about this? I don't think they ESPN would have them at four if they knew Hartley's situation. And how about this? I'll go ahead and do it. Losing Hartley hurts more than losing Griner. Yep, I did it. I said it. Oh my! Well, Griner will. They lost both of them right now. I don't. Nobody knows when Brittany Griner's gonna come back. I mean, in my opinion, four is pretty high for their situation right now. Yeah, that's too bad about Hartley. Yeah, for sure. Number five, the Minnesota Lynx. I agree with that. Dad, um, pops. <laughs> I agree with it, but I'm starting to wonder where's the sky. Yeah. Well, they better be next. Yep, they're next. They dropped from four to the six ranking. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if we're talking about Bria Hartley going out, obviously, you know, Chicago lost to Zura Stevens. Diamond to Shields, who, you know, she's so talented, but we haven't seen a whole lot of her this year, and she's certainly been down. So. No, she, she played really well last year, which is what led them, what, all the way to the semifinals, right? Yeah. So... I don't know. I feel like we were really high on the Chicago Sky. We were really proud of how far they had gotten. But now they're starting to slow down a little bit, and I'm not too sure. Okay. Okay. Number seven, the Connecticut Sun. I'm good with that. I mean, last week, didn't they do a big jump up last week? Yeah, they went from like 10 to 6. I know they were 6 last week. but Okay. Number eight. The Dallas Wings. Dude, I'm telling you. I don't know why everyone's sleeping on them. I told you guys that they were one of the best teams in the game. So they're 6-10 currently. And at the beginning of the season, I'm pretty pretty sure we had that they were at like six and a half games for them to win. Correct, Pops? Six and a half or five and a half. Well, they're probably going to cover it. We'll see. They are. Pops. Dallas Wings, I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you guys. Like I said, 
I'm telling you guys, the Dallas Wings are legit. Guys, Pops is telling you all. <laughs> Number nine, the Atlanta Dream. The only reason right now why the Atlanta Dream are this high is because Kennedy Carter came back and she scored 26 in their last game. But they still lost. I know. How can they be nine? I don't know. They were just at 11 last week. They're 3-13. and 13. I, like, completely disagree with this. I think they should be, like... Have we mentioned the fever yet? No. How can Next the dream up... be ahead of the fever? I know. Next up is the Indiana fever, actually. Well, I completely disagree. Okay. Because Indiana fever should be ninth, and well, at least... Listen, Carter's unbelievable. She is. But just because she's back doesn't automatically mean you get bumped up over twice. teams that have almost twice as many wins as you do, so... <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, I think they're trying real hard there. That's the reach of the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So who's 10? Indiana Fever. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I, yeah, they, they should be... 9 and 10 should be swipped, sw- uh, swipped, sw- switched. <laughs> Flip-flopped. Flip-flop. Number 11, the New York Liberty. Well, I mean, they got a win last week. I know that. Um, <laughs> Against the sky. You know, a couple years down the road, they're going to be happy with what happened this season because so many of their youth have been able to get additional playing time. So. You know, they're looking for the, into the future It's right definitely now. a lost season for them, so might as well get the minutes for their younger players. For sure. And then number 12, the Washington Mystics. <sighs> Just as much and proud as I am about the Dallas Wings prediction... I'm equally as proud of what we predicted the Lynx to do. I'm sorry, the Lynx. That's all I'm thinking about is the Minnesota Lynx. Right? What the Washington Mystics have done this year. So It's sad because they've had so many injuries and so much turnover, but holy mackerel, they're bad. Um, <laughs> you know, when you've Fox got... Fox just straight up said it. When you got the Liberty and the Dream ahead of you, oh you boy. You know you're not that good this season. Man, the Washington Nightmares. Oh my god. Anyone gosh. seen Emma? I know she. The Mystics are struggling. That's all you can really say, honestly. Emma. <laughs> Where's Emma? <laughs> I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else, pops? Uh, no. Um. Oh, yeah, I do actually. I know you're too young to know, Tati, but um, 2020, man, what a tough year. Oh, my so goodness. many people are passing and. You know, uh, in today's case, yeah, uh, John Thompson, the former Georgetown coach, coach of Patrick Ewing and so many other greats. Allen um, Iverson, right? Allen Iverson. So John Thompson, he's just an amazing coach. Did, he's iconic, legendary. Uh, all those words fit him. Um, did a lot for the game. Uh, so condolence and his condolences to his family and all the players that were, I were lucky enough to be coached by him and his family is just a huge basketball family. He's talk about a coaching tree. He's he's got his own sons that are that are coaches. So um, credit to it's John so Thompson sad. and um, you know our our thoughts are with his family. And otherwise, uh, the big news in the sporting world currently is that the U.S. Open, the tennis, um, is underway. It's my favorite tennis tournament of the year, and that's what's going on right now. Um, and so I hope you guys are able to take a look at it all. So. That's my takes. As always, I want to make sure you guys all know, understand, please thank you for listening in. Um, 
you know, Tati, I'm hoping maybe you recap a little bit of maybe what, what you and your sister were able to do yesterday and shout them out a little bit. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, it's the last day of August. We're two thirds through this year. Huh, We're only one third to go I before we, want this year to man, be we want already. nothing more. <laughs> Tati wants to turn that page on 2020 yes, for I everybody. Do. Yes, I do. Well, yesterday, my sister and I, Olivia, Lip Legend, and Tati, Tati Tamale, were at this basketball camp. We got invited out there um, to this camp. Elite is earned. So we got to participate in the first 90 minutes of it. And in that camp was, who was it? Chris Hansen, not the Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen, he's, he's got a... Uh, he's amazing. He's an amazing, amazing, he's a very influential basketball mind doesn't um, he have a vote in the mcdonald's all-american committee he he does and i mean he he's he does great things for for a lot of players you know he does these regional camps all the time um and they're very prestigious uh, mostly for elite high school players uh and top 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 of the food chain youth players that go around and the they often have at times have some some big time trainers right um, one of them being chris hippa this time from the Pacific Northwest, does a he's great amazing. job. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. And if you don't know, check him out. So Elite At- is earned. Um, and then uh, C. Hansen Ball is Chris Hansen. And then Tati just referenced Chris, Chris Hippa, Hippa, one of the best skills trainers in the world. Yeah, he's amazing. And then another great trainer we met, um, Hoop Official, right? He was a great coach. He gave me a lot of advice. So, I mean, the camp that Liv Legend and I went to yesterday was awesome. We enjoyed it so much, and we can't wait to come go back to it when they come back in the spring, right? Yeah, and so this this took place in Arizona, this camp, and uh, some amazing players, you know. It was a high uh, school camp. Yeah, So. and so there's amazing players, uh, some of the best players on, on, on the West Coast, certainly representing the best of the best in Arizona. Um, definitely some top 100 talent that was at, that was at the camp. Um, and definitely sure. several D1 uh, uh, signees already. So that was that was that was fun. So it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys again for allowing us to be a part of it. Absolutely. So I know you'll see you guys will be seeing some social media stuff that's coming out literally as we're doing this show. <laughs> yeah, so that's right? kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I we we really got to shout out Chris Hansen just because, um, you know, we, we were. We we're only able to make a portion of the camp, and, and he was all in on allowing uh, Tati and Liv to be a part of it, and and so we want to make sure we shout him out and, and use uh, the platforms that we have to make sure he gets his due credit because for sure you know those types of people are amazing in, in this in this industry, and it just goes to show you you know if you put in the work, um, good things will come out of it. Definitely. That's a that's a fact as everybody's saying nowadays. <laughs> Facts. That's that's gotten really annoying by now. Honestly, <laughs> a, I'm so annoyed. I'm by okay it. with it once or twice, but when you're using it like three times a sentence and twelve times in a paragraph <laughs> Well annoying. then that's we got some problems and that's <laughs> facts. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all I have to say. Anything else? No, I'm good. A live legend just came in. Liv, do you want to say anything to all of uh, Tati's viewers and listeners? Hello, um, first of all. Um, I really just hope that you guys are all enjoying this because um, I've been hearing them, and it just sounds like so energetic. Um, 
I always just come in here um, a couple of times because I just want to hear what uh, information they give you guys. So I really hope that you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Thanks, Live Legend. Well, that wraps up episode 29 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. I hope that everybody is staying safe right now. Um, stay safe. Uh, have fun out there. <laughs> Let's have a great start to the month. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you all again soon.